In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, let us give thanks and pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank Thee this morning in hour of Thy grace that we can come together even as Thou hast drawn us into this communion of saints that here we know that Thou hast come to dwell with us. For according to thy word, thou hast promised to be with those that are gathered in thy name. Therefore, again this morning, O Lord, we seek thy presence. We long after thy consolation and thy comfort. And that word, that word that has sustained us upon this journey, that word that has brought life unto our souls. Thy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that today we can rejoice in that uh, heavenly gift, that thou hast sent down from heaven, that gift uh, that has been offered full and free in the redemptive work of thy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that today we can rejoice and thank thee that thou art yet with us and in our midst according to thy promise. Therefore we beseech thee, O Lord, this morning that thou would draw nigh unto each and every heart that is gathered here to reveal thy truth that truth that has set us free from the power of sin, death, hell, and the devil. For we know that it is through thy Son, only through him and his uh, work on the cross. There where he has shed his innocent and precious blood, that where his body was broken and his blood was shed to the very last drop for the remission of our sins, that we can have remembrance of him and the great price that has been paid for our redemption. How preciously we have been redeemed, not with silver nor gold, but with the precious body and blood of thy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That blood that has cleansed us from all sin, and yet desires to cleanse every heart and every soul that would come, come unto him. So the invitation continues to go forth as it is gone, even at these services, that if there be those that are outside of thy kingdom and are yet laboring, under the load and the burden of sin, that they would come to that place where they can be unburdened. There find that rest for their soul, that they can rest from their own struggles, as we have many in this life, that they would come there to the great heavenly physician that heals both body and in spirit. Therefore, even this day, we have our fellow travelers that we are often... Uh, have need to pray and console, for we are our brother's keepers, and we know that we are to bear one another's burdens. So even this morning, I have a special prayer, prayer request for Krissa Somero. She's having a growth on her leg. It's being treated, and we pray that we would remember her in prayer, as well as Dan Seppola, who is being treated for cancer. And we know that many of us uh, have experienced the same tribulations in this life. As the Lord said, that in this world we shall have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. So through him we can overcome. We do not escape these sicknesses and these diseases, but there is one that healeth all diseases and all sicknesses. Therefore we entrust them, O Lord, unto thy care that thou would strengthen them, for we can do all things through thee. And remember that the sufferings of this life cannot be compared with that which thou hast in store for them that love him. 
Therefore grant grace unto them and all that are in need of thy consolation and comfort, O Lord, that they would put their confidence and trust in him who holds all things in his hands and not anything happens, but it is according to his knowledge. Therefore in these things we do not often understand the reasons, but remember that God knows and it is for the benefit of his kingdom and his glory. So again this day as we come before thee, O Lord, with that eternal word, we pray that thou would open that word onto our hearts this morning so that we might be fed and nourished and find that strength that we have need to spend another day upon this uh, troublesome and sin-cursed earth. But we know that thou art our strength in every time of need. So we trust again this day, O Lord, you who have asked us to pray and know that thou answers our prayer. Therefore answer the prayers of each and every one here. For we know that there are prayers upon many hearts, even this day, for loved ones that are yet outside of thy kingdom, for their own strength and their own health. And thou hearest the prayers of the righteous, and they availeth much. Therefore we seek thy blessing, even again this day at these services, that thou would open those hearts that have not opened the door. For we know, according to thy word, thou stands at the door and knocks, desires that we would open the door, and thou hast promised to come in and sup with us, and we with thee. So today, again, we are able, under the hearing of thy word, the reading and the speaking of thy word, that we are able to hear again that wonderful truth that is in Christ Jesus. Hear us now, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with one and all. Again this morning, hour of God's grace and forever. Amen. First of all, I would like to bring the loving greetings of the children of God from my home congregation in Watton, Michigan, and also from the congregations that I represented as delegates from Republic and Champion, as well as Watton, and also many of the other congregations which I serve occasionally in the Copper Country. I know that many of you have your roots from there, and I know there are many that you know there, and uh, it is such a blessed privilege that in the kingdom of God that we can know that they are there in the spirit, praying in our behalf. And surely we need the prayers of one another upon this pilgrimage journey. And as we have come together this morning, we often, especially when we get older, we often look upon our past life and and uh, consider how our life and our journey has been and to see the hand of God. The most wonderful blessing. As I stand here even, I feel very young this morning because I have to look at my brother Ray here. It makes me feel so young. But I know that he is young in heart and that's where God wants to keep our hearts in that newness of spirit wherein we do not have to labor under the trials and tribulations and burdens of this life when Jesus is with us. It's hard for me to believe that it was in 1962 when I spoke at the first convention if my memory is right. I, I must have a question mark there. Here in uh, the academy in New Ipswich. I'll never forget that day. It wasn't like it is today. Many of you remember Brother John Reconing. I was sitting there and he came and took me up by the army and said, you're speaking next. That's the way it was in the old days. They came to know. We came to know one another by the heart. And there was no question. There was no question about where we stood in the matters of salvation. But to look back at that 42 years and think that I'm still here by the grace of God, all by the grace of God, and each and every one of you are here only by the grace of God. And it's not that he has given us a long life, is it, Ray? But that he has preserved us. That is the joy that we have this morning, that God has kept us according to his promise, that we are kept by the Spirit of God. That's why it is so important, as the Word of God says, quench not the Spirit, for God has given, on, given us that Spirit to lead us into all truth and all righteousness. Where would we be if we did not have the Spirit of God? We would not be here today. It is the Spirit of God that has drawn us. It's the Spirit of God that has kept us and preserved us. It's the Spirit of God that reveals that truth unto us today, that brings rejoicing and thankfulness in our hearts. Yes, as we have prayed for these two, if we came and began to 
visit with the elders, we could speak. I have had cancer. I have had bypass surgery. Talking with Ray, he has gone through a serious operation. How was it on that day when we came under the knife? Was God there, Ray? God was there. And he's for every one of the children of God. Takes away all fear. We can go there and say, I'm in the hands of the Almighty God. The God who knows all things. The very hairs of my head are numbered. Not one falleth that he knoweth it. Are you trusting in that Savior today? Do you know that Savior so closely that he is that near to you every step of the way? That you can open your eyes in the morning and step forward in that pursuit, in that vocation or whatever God has given unto you in this life and know that God is with me. That is what God wants for us today, beloved. That's what we need in this sin-darkened world. We need to trust in Him who has all power in heaven and on earth. The Word of God says that men's hearts will... uh, Men's hearts because of fear. Their hearts will fail because of fear. We are in that day, beloved. Just think if the terrorists... And who knows? We pray that they would not come here into our land. They have already come. And their aim and their goal is to do what they are doing in Iraq, what they are doing in Israel, and what they are doing around the world. We are hated. We are hated. And we know that what is, who, who has that hatred? Only one. He who has come to kill and to destroy. The devil himself darkens the minds and the hearts of men lest they would come to that light and they would know the truth. But we need not fear, beloved. We need not fear. The Lord says, when ye see these things, hold up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Yes, beloved, we know that when God is with us, who can be against us? God is with us according to his promise. We have experienced his leading in his power. And what amazes me, as I have spoken to some of my close friends, of that near-death experience that I had 56 years ago, when God intervened, and assured me that I am with you. You need not fear. As he told his disciples when he came into their midst, fear not. That is what God desires to reveal unto each of our hearts. But what amazes me more than that is the little things. Oftentimes I can't believe the little things that would seem so insignificant that how could God, how could God care to those little things that often come and trouble us and he takes care of them. All I can say, thank you, Lord, when he takes care of even these little things. It's so amazing that I cannot convey the right words to express it, but it is true. I can testify of that truth. And I'm not alone. I know that there are so many here, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, that can testify of the same truth. 
And that is our prayer for you young people that are here. I think that we can speak with some authority and some experience that have walked the walk of faith. For I have had that confidence and trust, that little verse that God has given unto me that has sustained me until this day. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Is it true, beloved? It is true. And I know that there are those here that can say, Amen. It is true. That God's promises do not fail. So I want to encourage you. Hold fast. Hold fast to that faith that God has instilled in your heart. Do not forsake your faith. No matter how great the temptations are. I came to these conventions, as I have often mentioned, now it has been over 50 years that I've come to every convention. Being a secretary, I had to come, but I would have come if it was possible anyway. But God has provided the means to come. And so he has provided the means in our day that you have been able to come here. It's all by the grace of God that we are gathered here today who has given life to us and given the means that we have been able to come here and share together, as Paul says, the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. So likewise, beloved, it is God. It is God that will lead you and guide you in the paths of righteousness if you are obedient unto the Holy Spirit. For this is the record that God hath given us eternal life And this life is in his Son. He that hath life, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Jesus Christ has come to live and be a part of our life. For me to live, as Paul says, is that life. Jesus Christ was his life. And he lived that life by the grace and the power that God had given unto him through the Spirit. Therefore he exhorts man. The word of God exhorts man, examine your hearts, whether Christ be in you, lest ye be reprobate. A reprobate person is one whom God has cast away, has turned onto gross darkness. As we observe in our day, those that have forsaken God and turned and forsaken and rejected His great grace and He has turned them over to darkness. And that is what we see round about us today. He has darkened their minds and hearts lest they would believe the truth. And that is what the enemy is doing today in this sin-darkened world. And we know He is busy. He is working diligently that it would, if it were possible, the very elect of God would be deceived. But it is easy to get carried away and not get back to the text. So I will return on to the Word of God and pray that God will reveal that Word of Truth unto us that is for our strengthening of our faith. And I shall read from Ephesians, the fourth chapter, 
And I shall read from the eighth verse of that chapter onto the four, onto the thirteenth uh, thirteenth verse from eight to thirteen in Ephesians four. Ephesians four beginning from the eighth verse. And the words are read in the name of our Lord as follows. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same, also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists and some pastors, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about which every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I read further further than I said to the 16th verse. But here we read of that which the Lord came to work among us. To leave captivity captive. For man is captured and bound. He is bound in sin and in death. The deliverer has come, beloved, that we rejoice in today that has taken captivity captive he has set the prisoners free as was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah he came to set us free from the power of sin and death that it would not have dominion over us that sin that keeps man in bondage and that fear of death We know that he overcame the accuser. The accuser of our soul that accused us day and night. We have overcome him by the blood of the land and by the word of testimony. That blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. That blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That blood that speaks forgiveness. That blood that is applied in the gospel of salvation that we can know and that we can believe that Jesus Christ is the only one that was able to come into this world to deliver us from that power and sin and that death. That fear of death that has kept man in bondage throughout the ages. But now in Christ Jesus, we can say as the Apostle Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? 
The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God for the victory that is in Christ Jesus. He that has fulfilled all righteousness, fulfilled the law in our stead, that that condemnation that was therein could no more condemn us. For there is no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who live not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Jesus Christ, who has fulfilled and overcome all sin and all unrighteousness, that no longer need we fear death. He has brought life. He who was delivered for our transgressions and raised again for our justification, that we stand just before Him today. As the Apostle Paul has written unto those that have been washed and cleansed, that have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they are holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight. Do you feel that way this morning? No, if you look into yourself, into your carnal portion, no, you will not and cannot feel. But it is more important than how you feel is how God looks upon you. How God looks upon His blood-washed children, holy, unblameable, unreprovable in His sight. All through the merits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for that reason and only for that reason can we confess His name even this morning and believe and trust that according to His promises, according to His work, according to His redemption, His holiness and His righteousness has been imputed unto us by that faith. He that ascended, as it says, who also descended in the lower parts of the earth. Yes, He descended here, came here to be one of us, dwell among us. He who was tempted in all things like you and I, yet without sin, who has walked upon this earth, even as we walk and as we live, and yet was able to defeat that sin and all temptation that tempted him. Therefore, he is our help. He is in our strength. We can come to him with all of our temptations. As I mentioned, when I came here as a young man to the convention, I often came here with a very troubled heart and troubled conscience. And my prayer was throughout the services, Oh God, do not let me leave here until I took care of those matters that were weighing upon my heart and upon my conscience. And he gave the strength to put them away. And yet in my old age, I haven't changed. I still need the grace of God. I still need the altar of God's grace. For that tempter has not changed. He still tempts. He still brings thoughts, evil thoughts, into the mind. And also, I do fall. I do fall. But thanks be unto God for His Holy Spirit that reproves our sin. So I pray that if there be any, there must be in this great uh, assembly those that yet have been tempted and have even fallen into sin, who are troubled, who are troubled in their hearts, I would encourage you, open your heart, make yourself known.
do not continue to hide your heart, hide your sin in your heart. For you will not keep faith and peace with a troubled heart and a troubled conscience. No, we do not repent and put away sin to make ourselves holy and perfect. That is impossible. We will carry this corrupt portion even onto the grave. As Brother Carl said the other day, it's not until we have returned onto dust that the battle is over. We are yet in the battle. We fight the fight of faith. As the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And that is all. That is why we put away sin. That's why we fight against sin. So we can keep the faith. Be strengthened and renewed. We have come to these services for that purpose that God would renew us under the hearing of God's Word. And how blessed it is that we have heard that Word and are yet able to hear that Word. That it is He that has descended, as we have said in the, in the Apostles' Creed. He descended into hell and arose again the third day. He has defeated the power of sin, death, hell, and the devil. He has gone there, so no man would have to go there. He has sanctified the grave, so that I would not have death power over us. But that one day, we would rise victorious. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. There where he sits upon the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. The one who has encouraged us to seek those things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. Look upon those things which are eternal. Do not be captured by the things of this life. This earth that is so close to us. But that we could keep our eyes focused on Him who is above. Our Lord, our Savior, the one who is ever with us and wants to draw near, nearer and nearer onto our hearts that we can look to the one whom God has given all power in heaven and on earth he glorified his son this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hear ye him that we open our ears to hear his admonition, his exhortation his love that which he desires to teach us and guide us so he gave apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. How well we remember those teachers from our very youth that were moved by the Word and the Spirit of God to teach us, that loved us, encouraged us, strengthened us. And we are established upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. God gave all these gifts. He sent gifts from heaven. He did not leave us alone upon this journey. I will leave the, send the Comforter unto you. He will lead you into all truth and righteousness. And He will speak, not of Himself, but all things of Christ. Even the Holy Spirit gives all honor and glory unto Christ. He teaches us and reveals all things that he has said unto us. For that reason, we meditate upon the word of God. For there is that heavenly manna, that food, that strength 
for our journey, that eternal word that lifts us up as it is able to lift us up here, even as we gather among the saints in the company of believers where we know that Jesus, Jesus is here with us. Otherwise, he would be a liar. He has promised. He is here in our midst. Let us trust and let us believe. And we know and we believe that he is here as he said. We know that there were the Pharisees that asked Jesus that when should the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Do not say here or there, but the kingdom of God is within you, beloved. Yes, the kingdom of God is here. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. May that righteousness, may that peace and that joy be that which you can rejoice in and thank God that Jesus Christ has entered into our very being, into our very hearts, in our very souls. This is the mystery that has been hid from the ages, that God would come so near unto us. It's so awesome and so difficult for man to understand and comprehend. But he said, this is a mystery that has been hid from the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, Jesus Christ that dwells in and among us so that we can confide in one another. We can hear the gospel from one another. That which the world cannot comprehend or know that God has given. His word, his gospel unto his servants. For that reason he established his kingdom. That we as his servants, his witnesses, his disciples, we would go into all the world preaching that gospel. That we do not have to fear God is with us. Empowered us by his spirit to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sin. So these evangelists, these pastors, these teachers, they have taught us the words of the Lord. Those pastors have guided us and led us. And we look back upon our lives and often say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for those teachers, especially those parents. They are the greatest teachers. They are the nearest teachers that taught us from our very youth to look onto Jesus, follow him, and trust him. We thank God for Christian parents. We thank God for Christian teachers, pastors that were faithful. All these gifts are of God, nothing of ourselves. Without him we can do nothing. So today even, it was for that purpose, he says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for no other purpose, but for the perfecting of the saints, that he would present us perfect unto the Heavenly Father. Where's your perfection today, beloved? Where's my perfection today? He wants to guide us and lead us onto that perfect one, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have not found any perfection anywhere else, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. As he says, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God onto a perfect man, onto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you measure up today? Do you measure up? 
to the perfection of Christ? No, not in your flesh, do you? But in God's sight, you are perfect. As I mentioned earlier, by the righteousness which of faith, He has led us to that place where Jesus Christ has become our fullness. He has become our all in all. The Word of God says when we have Jesus Christ in our life, we have all things in heaven and on earth. What an amazing thing. We have all things that pertain unto life. This present life and the life to come, He is our fullness. We are complete in Him. He wants to bring us all onto that place, onto that perfection, stature of Christ. The Word of God says we have the mind of Christ. Imagine that. And it is true. If Jesus is within us, is it His mind through the Holy Spirit working to do His good pleasure? It is only God by His Spirit that works His work among us. Within him, without Him we can do nothing. Without faith we cannot please Him. That which is not a faith is sin. No matter how good our works look, no matter how holy they look to man, if they are not a faith, they are sin. God does not accept them. He only accept his, accepts His own work. That work that He works by faith and the working of His Holy Spirit. Therefore, He has worked this work among us and He has given these gifts. And if we pay heed and open our ears and are obedient unto that Word that God has given by His Spirit, unto those pastors, unto those teachers, unto each and every one of His redeemed children. For it is the same Spirit that brings that unity and that oneness till we all come into the unity of faith, that one faith, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the only faith that is acceptable unto God. Faith is a gift of God. It is often said, oh, how we would want to give faith even to our own children. We have experienced it is not possible. Oh, if it were possible, we would give that faith. God is the one that works repentance and works faith. And it is only by the hearing of God's word. If man rejects, I thank God when I was a prodigal in the world for the few years that I strayed from this faith, that God would not yet let me go, but he kept persuading me to go to the hearing of God's word. It was not easy. It was difficult to go there among God's saints knowing that I was nothing but a hypocrite. And oftentimes, I, because of my pride, I would greet with God's peace and I was far from peace. Just like a sword piercing my heart. You hypocrite. There's no peace there. And you're acknowledging you have peace in your heart. But thanks be to God that He did not cast me away because of my waywardness, my struggles, but he was able to break this hard heart. And I had to acknowledge where I had been and what I had done. And how true it is, the word of God. Those that come to him, he will in no wise cast away.
And God did not cast away this poor, unworthy servant. But he reconciled me unto himself. And so it has been with many of you here. And therefore we all together rejoice and thank God for this great grace that he has provided for us and brought us even unto this place. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they wait to deceive. Yes, we know we were children once. We know how easy we were enticed, how easy we were led astray. Children are unstable. They have not had the experience of walking in faith. So there are many doctrines. about by every wind of doctrine. Surely there are many today. They are growing abundantly. And we are in that dark day, beloved, when the enemy knows he has a short time to labor. In all manner of temptations and enticements, the enemy. Every day we see how even in our nation, how God is being attempting to destroy God and take God out of everything. But they will fail. They will fail. For one day every knee shall bow and every mouth shall confess that he is Lord of, all, God, Lord of all unto the glory of the Father. So he does not want us, but he wants us to be established upon that sure foundation that cannot be moved, that solid rock, the rock of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, wherein the gates of hell cannot pre- prevail against us. God has established us upon that sure and solid rock. Therefore, he says, speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Always leading us and directing us to the head. The head of that body. That body, as he says, the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. And Paul gives that illustration of this body. How the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of thee, or the hand cannot say to the arm, I have no need of thee, or the foot to the leg, or whatever body, part of the body. We have need. We, many of us, have suffered part of our body. I don't remember who it was yesterday. Had something get in his eye, and he was suffering all day. One little member in that whole body was suffering. We've all experienced that when we've had an injury. How that, how that we, the whole body suffers. So likewise in that spiritual body. We are all members with the, Jesus Christ, the head of that body. Therefore we must be united together. I am very fearful. I am very troubled with all the divisions in the church today. You see them, I see them, I pray about them. What, what is causing these divisions? The Word of God says God unites us together by His Spirit. It's a dangerous thing. It's the enemy that has come to divide. The Word of God says, let us come together. Let us restore our differences. Let us be one in this unity, in the bond of love that he speaks of here 
the effectual working of the measure of every part works together for that one purpose, that God would be honored, God would be glorified, God would be lifted up. Are we looking for something for ourselves than for the whole kingdom of God? Remember. I must remember. I am very self-centered. I struggle every day. Me, 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 I, I. Word of God says, look upon the things of others. Let us speak of these things. Let us with an open heart speak these things and resolve these things prayerfully so that we could have that bond of unity and that bond of love. We need one another. We need one another so this whole body would be a strong body so that it would be healed for our strength is in our togetherness, in our oneness, in our unity that is in Christ Jesus to the edifying of itself in love. And there is the bottom line, as we might say, love. Love covereth a multitude of sins. That our love can cover those weaknesses, those differences. That together we can strengthen one another. We can help one another. I don't have the, all the answers. You don't have all the answers. But together, God working in His way among us and enlightening us individually. As often I have said when I these years that I have been at the minister's meeting, I have had ideas that were not right. But hearing from the more elderly and the more enlightened that God has helped also my walk of faith and brought me to a better knowledge and a better understanding of how it is to walk and to live with Christ Jesus in this world of sin and darkness. Time. Time goes so fast, but I want to say a few words just in closing, which are beyond our text. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles. Walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned in Christ. Why is he writing these things onto the children of God? Because we are carnal. The tempter is tempting us. Yet, into these areas of lasciviousness, those sins of our nature, and the enemy of the soul is putting him out there, especially for the young. He knows the weakness of man. He's putting these enticements over there to draw you away from this most precious faith. This which we have learned in Christ Jesus. To turn. Resist evil. And it will flee from you. Turn. Forsake it. For if we live in these things, we are in a dangerous condition of heart. That we allow this darkness to enter into our life. If so that ye have heard of Him 
and been taught by him as truth is in Jesus Christ. That truth that has made us free, beloved. If we again allow ourselves to partake and resist and quench that spirit and do not forsake sin and put sin away, it can easily capture us and draw us again into that way of darkness and sin. So these are exhortations and admonitions that we would not continue or walk in sin, live in sin. We're going to be tempted. We are tempted every day. But we know that temptation is not sin. It's when temptation conceives that it bringeth forth sin. In the end it bringeth forth death. God has given us His Spirit to strengthen us that we can overcome and resist temptation and sin. And then that we can put away sin. As he mentions here, even in anger, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Have you been able to control your anger? I have not been able to control my anger. But every time that I am angry, that word of God comes to my mind. What have you done with that anger? Are you harboring that anger so that many others are defiled? That's the result of anger. But when I put that anger away, I am restored. Those who I have offended are restored. Look in our families. How could we stay together as a family? That is the foundation for our marriage, is it not? We would not be married yet. Look at the divorce rate today. What is the result of that divorce rate? Well, the major problem is because they do not have Jesus Christ in their life. That is the main thing. But following that is there is no forgiveness. Forgiveness is the very foundation of our Christianity. And we need God's forgiveness and we need to forgive one another. So therefore, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So I would encourage both young and old, I need that same instruction. I need that same instruction yet today as I did when I was, like many of you young ones that have come to this convention. I need it yet today. Thanks be unto God that we have an altar of grace in His midst that we can come boldly onto the throne of God's grace in every time of need. Do not harbor sin, beloved. Lay it upon the altar. Confess your faults one to another and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin and empower you and strengthen you to continue to walk another day upon this journey of faith. Unto that end, may God so. Bless His Word and bless each and every one of us unto a safe journey unto that eternal home. That is my prayer for my own soul. And that is my prayer for each and every one of us that we'll see this great multitude singing that song of victory together. It sounds beautiful here, but how beautiful it will be on that shores, that shore of eternity where the revelations describe that great multitude that no man could number that had come out of great tribulation and had their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. It was like thunderings and a great sound of water 
So great was that song, and so great was that multitude that no man could number. From every nation, every tongue, and every people, God leading and God working yet, leading us onto lands that, you know, few years back that we were not able to go as we can go today, providing all the means to go and open the doors where we can bring forth this gospel as he is commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And when that is fulfilled and completed, there will be no more reason for this world to stand. Then he will draw us all into that great communion of saints where we will be with him forever and ever. So may God bless us. Unto that end, in Jesus' name. Amen. As many of you know, we have uh, many visitors from Finland, Sweden, and Norway, and that trip had been organized by Brother Fargaholm, who, as we know, has passed away. And when he had become ill, his daughter and son-in-law, Marianne and Boris Asplund, had agreed to coordinate this, the activities of the trip and they would like to share some memories from from their parents and they're going to do this now <laughs> 